I didn't know you had tattoos. I've got a tattoo. Oh, you do? Is it of Tattoo, the band? It's not a tattoo of Tattoo, the band. Oh, no, darn. it's a it's a save point from Silent Hill 3. Really? Which I was very proud of until someone said some of the runes are used as Nazi iconography in Hungary. <laughs> not ideal. <laughs> not ideal. I mean, I mean, I'm not that. Like, it's it's obvious why it is. If you've played Silent Hill. Right. And, you know, if you haven't played Silent Hill and you just happen to be up on your Nazi iconography, well, we have other conversations to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a deep cut, my friend. (laughs) It says more about them than it does about you. Yeah, what newsletters are you subscribing to? (laughs) Over the years, I've had two people mention it. One of which was just, oh, hey, that's a concern. Um, From a warning standpoint, and another one who was, well, I don't appreciate the Nazi shit on you. (laughs) I'd have to see it I'm going to look it up I haven't played Silent Hill 3 in a long time I tell you what though Jonathan Mm -hmm. The Nazis can They could just stop right Oh yeah right (laughs) Really Like knock it off I don't think we've ever had you on record Jonathan Denouncing the Nazis Wait a a second (laughs) Hold on Uh Why is that um, why is there no why why don't we have you on record denouncing the tenets of the National Socialist Party, Jonathan? Because it's one of those things that if you denounce it, it begs the question, why didn't you denounce it already? What did you used to think? Why didn't you denounce it already, <laughs> yeah, Jonathan? These, you're throwing open some <laughs> interesting questions. And it it makes one wonder, is that enough? Uh, Can you denounce it enough? Like if I were to say... Jonathan, can you denounce it enough? I don't think you can denounce it enough, so you don't denounce it at all, which is (laughs) maybe maybe the best and maybe the worst. I'll never get that stain off the tiling in the kitchen. I might as well just let it fill up with old shrimp. Actually, I've got to throw my trash bag out. I walked past it a minute ago and I got a waft of old shrimp. Oh, wow. I eat so much shrimp. I eat, I eat, oh, the shrimp. That's my favorite line from Arrested (laughs) Development because I feel it in my heart. Oh, the shrimp. Um, I'll order some fried shrimp from Ruby's Cajun, right? Right. I will get fried shrimp and I'll put it in a roll with some Thousand Island. I will order other fried shrimp from other places. I will eat shrimp. Every time that... You and I talk about you eating something. It is shrimp. I'm starting to get a little bit worried about your diet. Shrimp is brilliant, right? It's yummy. It goes with loads of stuff. And the caloric intake is basically like eating a game shark if game shark was food. (laughs) It's cheating. The amount of shrimp you can put away, folks. Yeah, it's it's like lettuce, right? It's like lettuce of the sea. (laughs) It's the lettuce of the sea, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, listeners, if I were you... I, I would go on an all shrimp diet. <laughs> and let me know how it goes, because I still need some bread and potatoes. But Here you go. This is how you become the new Jordan Peterson. Yes. Oh, he's an idiot eating meat all the time. Mm-hmm. Eat shrimp. It's high in food. <laughs> <laughs> it's got poop in it sometimes. And that's something people... It's not people- poop, poop. It's more like they eat stuff off the floor and then you get sand you can take that out you take that out i get shrimp from wegmans it's frozen but it's really good i always say that 
And that's what I get from my rolls and my Thousand Island sauce, folks. Wait, wait a minute. Hang on. Jonathan, why aren't you deveining your shrimp? Why aren't you deveining your shrimp, you Nazi sympathizer? <laughs> Jonathan was on Road Rules Northern Trail in 1998. Since then, he has appeared in precisely zero award-winning TV shows, blockbuster movies, or community theater plays. We are here to fix this. We are here to make Jonathan off Road Rules a star. Boston's favorite son will ride again. So, hmm. I was watching Transformers the other day. Mm. Now, I'm not sure if you gentlemen are aware of Transformers. I am. I vaguely. It was not like a huge part of my childhood. I did have Mm. some of the toys, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I wasn't tuning in every week, but I enjoy it. Yeah. I like a good Transformer. You didn't have to tune in every week is the best thing, unless you were watching, you know, the Dinobot episode that had a second part. Oh, right. Uh, a couple had second parts, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. But for the most part, you could tune in and, and, you know, watch The Girl Who Loved Power Glides, and that's enough of a standalone episode. It's the only one that I remember the title of, except for the first two episodes, which was More Than Meets the Eye Part 1 and More Than Meets the Eye Part 2. Mm. But we had The Girl Who Loved Power Glide on a uh, the and I'm not interested in Power Glide as, as a Transformer. <laughs> and I am not interested in a girl that's fallen in love with a robot. However, I am interested in episode five of Generation One Transformers, the 1980s original cartoon. Oh, yeah? Because, yeah, you get more than meets the eye part one, which of course is it details the the war between the Autobots and the Decepticons as they, you know, crash aboard the planet Earth. I've, I've never described someone as being aboard to the planet Earth before, but in a way, that's what we are. Well, we are all just passengers on Starship Earth, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, and we've really trashed it. We have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the first two, More Than Meets the Eyes 1 and 2, it's it sets everything up. The third episode, pretty normal, just, you know, the robots are transforming and they're fighting. Mm. Episode four, pretty much the same. Episode five is called Jonathan the Guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I mean, I can barely describe it, but like... It takes place on the undersea base of the Decepticons, right? And Megatron's there going, Ah, I'm going to get that Optimus Prime. And then you hear this voice in the background that's, Oh, I'm going to get you, good. And Megatron turns around. There's this little, because the Transformers are so big, there is a little fella there who, and they never explain why he's in the Decepticon base. Like Megatron isn't like, Oh, we picked you up. On the way to Denny's, right? Right. They never do that, right? At the end of the episode, they do all go to Denny's. Like, don't worry about that, folks. I know it's a spoiler, but they have a slap up Denny's breakfast, which is, and to be honest, they need it because the amount of energy they exert on the, or energon as the case may be, that they exert. I mean, it's a rough and ready episode. Oh, I do think I've seen this one. Um, They went to the Denny's because it's Starscream's birthday and they're getting the Grand Slam, right? Yeah, and they all fuck. Right. (laughs) 
They all fucked beforehand because without any explanation, Megatron turns into a gun and Jonathan, the guy, fucks the barrel. (laughs) What? I must have gone to the bathroom. Yeah, it's like, oh, there you are, Jonathan, the guy. Time to show us what you can do. Like that, right? Uh Transforms into a gun. And Jonathan's like, oh, yeah, I'll show you what I can do. I'm going to roll out. And then he looks at the camera and says, my penis, that is. And he does. Wow. He rolls it out, right? Jonathan, the guy. And unfurls it? Unfurls like- it. Yeah, like a fire <laughs> fire person's hose, right? It just comes out. And Jonathan, the guy, it's very funny. He looks at the camera while he does it and he goes, ow, <laughs> It's like a transformer, guys, like that. And this fella, I mean, he looks very attractive. I can see mm-hmm. why the Decepticons are into him. Very. Um, yeah, it's got this sort of, you know, nice golden hue to his skin, sort of golden brown hue. Um, no no hair, but wears the baldness well. Um, tired but kind eyes and a Nintendo Force magazine under his arm. And then he just crams it in the barrel. Just, just hammers it right in there. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan, like, crams it into Megatron's barrel, and Megatron's loving it, just, oh, 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 this is some prime fucking. And Jonathan's like, oh, I've heard of robots in disguise, but I'm in these guys, like that. Robots in these guys. Robots Ah. in these guys, yeah, and and Starscream's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, and fucks him up the ass. Who, me? I mean, Jonathan, the guy? Well, yeah, not you. I mean... Not you. I mean, we all want to be fucked up the ass by Starscream, but this is Jonathan, the guy, Jonathan, the person here. I was maybe nine years old when this aired. Right. Because it's the fifth episode. Oh, this guy wasn't nine years old. No, no, no. This is very clearly an adult. Very above board. Yeah. Yeah. An old guy who looks a lot like me, it sounds like. So some sort of way of me as an adult... Being on a show that I watched as a kid, it's very Back to the Future. It it, it is in fact the original script to the Back. To oh the yes, Star Scream, make my arse scream like that. He goes, and then he says, "Right now it's my turn." Pulls out of Megatron, and Megatron just like blast, just like that. Big laser comes out, and just so that everyone's aware, Megatron says, "That's my cum." Right. That's how I come like that. And Jonathan says, oh, yeah, good job I got out when I did because of your cum like that. Starscream turns into a plane, right? Opens up the cockpit. And of course, Mm -hmm. there's a joke about a cockpit. And Jonathan just like pulls down his pants all the way. uh, He keeps around his ankles, waddles over to Starscream, climbs in and just humps the seat, the pilot seat. Huh. Like that. Because it's a pit for for Because it's a cockpit, exactly. Mm. It. Mm. Oh yes, Jonathan. Yes. Oh yes, I want my cummies. So Soundwave turns up, right? <laughs> and Soundwave wants his cummies. So he turns into a cassette player. Jonathan just fucks the inside of that. 
picture and the little holes in the cassette decks and uh, in the cassette tapes and the best thing about that is because the transformers are big they're big cassettes because they could shrink down um apparently according to the cartoons i don't know where the mass goes but the cassette shrinks down so that the holes in the middle are just cock size and jonathan crams it in and goes yes yes fit like that, because sometimes he can't fit in, or, mm. or things are too mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's got he's got the stunticons there, all of the race cars, and he's he's trying to fuck them in the exhaust pipe, but it's just a little too big, and he's really frustrated. He's like, ah, 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 like that. He's crying because he's trying to get off so much. I'm crying because <laughs> I so badly wish <laughs> I was hornier or having a more sexually stimulating there's just not enough fucking (laughs) he says oh there's just not enough fucking when you're fucking decepticons and uh starscream says decepticocks and megatron berates him you're an idiot starscream uh because it's such an obvious joke such an obvious thing to say i'm picturing the music from the generation one transformers music that's always intense oh yeah going the entire time do you know the one that's like it's going the whole time that's what i was exactly imagining the transformers john's in your brown eye so anyway that was that for children it's a children's it's a kid show and I don't, I mean, <laughs> I'd have agreed with you before I saw episode five. That was the whole idea was to bring Japanese toys that didn't have a show necessarily. They're all from different different lines of toys. Convoy is Optimus Prime's name in mm-hmm. Japan. It was just a convoy toy. Oh, Optimus Prime does turn up right at the end. What does he do? Uh, he says, Autobots transform and roll a train on his ass. <laughs> And they do. Jazz is there like, ah, fucking him like that. Played by Scatman Crothers, if I remember correctly, from The Shining. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, well, I'm not going to be too disgusting, but he put the scat in Scatman (laughs) in this. I've never seen a Transformer take a dump on a person. (laughs) You haven't until now, it sounds like. Until episode five of the G1 Transformers. (laughs) Jonathan the guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love it when Autobots shit on me. Well, there's plenty more where that came from. Rodimus. Rodimus? Yeah. He just says it out loud because it's slightly suggestive. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I think... I think they went into this episode with a vague nucleus of an idea of the Transformers running a train on Jonathan and didn't flesh it out. Hmm. Yeah, I'd imagine that the the script writer was like, oh, we'll get Astro Train yeah. or one of the other train Transformers to run over a person and it'll be a real dramatic thing for kids because kids in the 80s were always thinking about what if I got run over by a train. There are so many cartoons where it's like, put the damsel or the child or both and tie them to the train tracks and they will just sit there for two hours until they get 
train run over them. But then... I would love to be your damsel in distress, and I would love for you to be the the snidely whiplash kind of character. I'd love you to have a big curly moustache and a top hat, and just say, "I've got you now, my pretty." While I'm like, "Oh, Conrad, save me!" Like that, and I'm on a train track, right? But I mean, I don't want to be on real train tracks. So we'll get a model train set, right? We'll go down to the quarry, and we'll just we'll just play. <laughs> We should just play. I've, I've always considered all of these, you know, zany schemes to get you famous. But mm. we should just play with toys down by the quarry and rocks. I've got a lot of toys these days. Transformers in particular, probably. Yeah. A hundred. So have I, but you've got an excuse. <laughs> I get them for my kid and then I yeah. get really upset when he breaks them. Because I'm like, that was a really good Starscream. Why did you make his leg come off? Because I, I like the toys more than he does a lot yeah. of the time. I get pretty emotional. This is still my life, except far lonelier. <laughs> I've got incredible crash dummies, Jonathan. The uh, the video game? The the, the the toy? The movie? I've got the video games on my Anbenic uh, handheld gaming system, which is full of ROMs that I already own. No, I don't. They're stolen and I love it. I've started doing that now. I've I've stopped... I've stopped pretending. Like, a lot of people in, like, video games media, which I'm nominally in, mm. you know, it's taboo to say that ROMs exist. I remember one writer, I can't remember the exact writer who it was, but a good few years ago, mm-hmm. just dared to mention the existence of ROMs, and the rest of the gaming press came down on him like Starscream came down on Jonathan's <laughs> a-hole. And I'm just thinking, but you know what? It's a fair point. They charge five bucks for Super Mario Brothers. I could get it right now. In fact, I've got it right now on multiple systems. It's old, and it has no value. Mm-hmm. It just sold for $2 million, the cartridge, I think. My Anbenic came with 10,000 games preloaded on it, Jonathan. <laughs> Up to and including the PlayStation 1. I mean, it's got some N64 and Dreamcast games on it. Oh, my Lord. I don't know why. It's awesome. <laughs> they don't run. Um, but they're there. They're there. And maybe someday. The th- yeah. The thing is, Jonathan, is... Mm. When, when I think of society, and which we live in, by the way. Oh, God. We live in one of those. Nobody told me that. Right? And, and it, the idea of doing it is horrible. But you can just steal things. <laughs> in your society. Yeah. In, in a society. Hey, but now let me tell you something. The Jokerman played by his own rules. He has got. A Sega Genesis emulator with Sonic 3 and Knuckles on it. Because I'm not afraid to break the rules. I do it with a VPN on when a pirate. I don't want to get in trouble. (laughs) Chaos agent, this Jokerman. Look after yourself. Get a peer blocker. Tell your friends. (laughs) Online security is, of course, very important these days. Hi, I'm the Jokerman, and I'm here to talk to you about online safety. So anyway, that's that's what the Jokerman's working on. Yeah, Online I'm... safety seminars. <laughs> it's important and it's only it's only getting important more important oh, as yeah. we go. I was describing your importance to my mother yesterday. Well, that wouldn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> was... You should explain the impotence. It'll take a, a a lot longer. It'll it'll give you some edifying conversational topics. I haven't heard about it before. I I, I, to... I do all right. I can I can maintain an erection with effort. 
estrogen makes it, it it makes you have to concentrate i've heard that yeah yeah to be honest i welcome it the less hornier i get the better my life is oh jonathan what did you tell you yeah <laughs> i didn't tell my mom about that what is it your your nude unwashed mom as she's been described <laughs> on this podcast what did you tell your nude unwashed mother about <laughs> well i was trying to explain to her she she was she's very old and frankly i wanted to get a recording with her for uh talking to women about video games podcast that you're also going to be on staff that's true uh, we you're recorded gonna, it you're going to be on an episode with my mom so it's going to be like 40 <laughs> minutes of you and then like 40 minutes of my mom and maybe that is amazing that is an honor to be on the same podcast as your your very nude unwashed mother <laughs> i was looking at her tub it hasn't been used has <laughs> not had any soap or water in it in a while, and she smells great. I mean, she's doing it her way. I'm not. I'm yeah, not. Yeah, so long as she don't stink of old shrimp. No, she smells very good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was explaining to her that I was going to be talking to you, that you were also going to be on the show, that you're. I didn't say you're nominally involved in video game writing, journalism, editorial critique, or whatever. I but I had to try to explain who you were quickly. So I said that if, you know, other names like these streamers she hasn't heard of that have millions of views and make millions of dollars a year are like the Beatles of whatever this is, my friend Steph is like the Scorpions. Like a big hit, has some some huge singles, everyone knows who they are, but... I follow the Moskva <laughs> down to God. Like, yeah, I'm pretty much the Scorpions of, of games media. And my mom loves the Scorpions, and she doesn't like the Beatles. Did you know that there is a story about that song possibly having been a CIA, like, operation? I, I think I have heard that. God, I love wacky theories. Yeah. There's a whole podcast about it. It's really interesting. There was a lot of Russia. There was a lot of... Yeah. It's still some Cold War stuff that was all about. But she came to life when I told her that you were the... Oh, the Scorpions. <laughs> ah, they're very good, you know. They're German. I'm like, I know. I'm German. I know, Mom. And the, the Germans really care. They really do a good job. They want to do a good job. They do. They're thorough. Ah, unlike the Americans. The Americans don't give a fuck. She would know she went on about <laughs> Not that. wrong. No, not wrong at all. I know. She's, she's often right. So, yeah, just wanted to let you know that you haven't met my mom, but my mom is thinking about you, and now you're thinking about her. So it's like a meeting that didn't actually happen. Well, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Jonathan, take me to the magic of the moment on a glory night where the children of tomorrow dream away in the wind of change. Could you do that for me, please? It would be a big favour. <laughs> if you took me to the magic of the moment on a glory night where the children of tomorrow dream away in the wind of change, that would be doing me a solid. I, I can take you to a moment, and I hope it's magic, and the might might be glorious, the night might be glorious, but the children of tomorrow dream away. That's the... How do you make a child dream away? You'd knock it out? you like, hit it with a club? <laughs> yeah, Jonathan. Or drug could it? You, what do you do? Could you knock out a couple children for me? You can use gas or a hammer. Those are your options. That'd be a good TV show. Gas or a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Here's the premise. Here's the idea. 
a quick elevator pitch. We have a, a group of players. They come into a room. It's kind of like a uh, an escape room type scenario, right? And they mm-hmm. come in, and there's a body on the floor. And they have to figure out what knocked it out. Was it gas or a hammer? Was it gas or a hammer? This is good. I mean, to be honest, if there's blood seeping from the back of the head or not, it'd probably be a pretty good clue. Oh. We need to use a gas that causes, like, tons of internal hemorrhage. There we go. So that there's a puddle of blood, like, either way, Jonathan. You want blood in this? Well, there's inevitably going to be some if we use a hammer. <laughs> well, or not. There's ways, I think. Oh, yeah, there are ways to apply blood force trauma without, you know, causing a bleeding head wound, for sure. Oh, well, that's what we want to do then. Um, you know, when we get Jeremy Renner, we want to make sure that we hit him very specifically. <laughs> Hawkeye. No, not Hawkeye. I would never dare threaten Jeremy Renner, the actor, because of the optics. This is Jeremy Renner who works down the local post office. <laughs> Same name. Worse attitude, if you can believe it. Wow, that's bad. Oh, God, yeah. Nazi tattoos. <laughs> brings old shrimp into work. Total monster. Definitely needs a hammer. Or gas. Ooh. Is it fatal with uh, the gas no, or hammer No, it's a little corrective tap. <laughs> but they're out cold and maybe it's bleeding. tap. On the, on the floor. And, and they, they may just wake up and tell you what happened. Or they may have amnesia. All three of us will be wearing a pig mask like in Saw. But we're we're the detectives. We're the helpers trying to figure out. No, 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 no. It's a con- contestants come. Oh. And by contestants, I mean the actual police that we're filming without their knowledge. Which is good because they don't film without our knowledge. No, they would never. They switch the body cams off. <laughs> so, you know, it's in a way, in a way, by knocking out the local post office clerk and hiding to film the police attempting to work out. Like we'll leave a little note as well, you know. Gas or hammer, make your choice. Like that. And they can work it out. <laughs> so it's uh, just a fun contest of police work. It's just a fun game. I've only got one pig mask, though. We will have to share at once. But it's big. Pigs are way bigger than you'd think. They've got no real neck, is the thing. So it's just a gigantic hole that we can cram all of our heads in. You may be asking where I got a pig head from, to which I will answer with a question. It's not where I got it, it's how I got it, gas or hammer. (laughs) Only joking, of course, listeners, we would never gas or hammer a pig, unless it's the cops. Jonathan, start threatening the police. What? (laughs) Start threatening the police, that'll get you famous. Send letters. Send letters claiming to be the Zodiac killer. Like, guess what, boys? The Zodiac's back. As Mae West, I'm sort of a, 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 a saucy, sassy, round and voluptuous. That's right, boys. The Zodiac killer's got a new attitude. I'm full of spunk. We'll get you a sack. We'll get you a sack to wear with, like, black glasses on and a gun like the Zodiac Killer. Oh, you should be the Zodiac Killer. You should be Zodiac 2. <laughs> the sequel. Yeah. The new generation. Yeah. Exactly. The new batch. <laughs> That's it. Zodiac 2, the new batch. 
We've got this all worked out. I don't have it worked out. I don't. <laughs> you haven't really had many good serial killers since the 70s. I'm guessing no. because forensics sort of get them before they can go for a hat trick. But I reckon you, Jonathan, I reckon you could get past three before you're caught. <laughs> it's funny because I was just commending the police for the first time. What the fuck did they Wait, do what? that you were able to do that? Jesus Christ. I know. They started an unarmed response unit. There's no such thing among the cops. It's just started. There's no Holy guns shit. in a specific unit that they're going to deploy specifically to people who they feel shouldn't be shot <laughs> like should we shoot this one no we'll deploy the guys without guns maybe they won't get shot this time maybe they they may still find a way to shoot them even yeah. without a gun there but i was like this is a step in the right direction my fear is that the unarmed response unit will just be bullied by the armed response units <laughs> probably... they haven't got guns get them lads <laughs> Oh, what are they going to do? Talk us down and appeal for peace? Do they wind up like just assigning the cops that are no longer allowed to have guns to that unit? <laughs> wow. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked enough. And they, the, they ones, may... the ones who have shot white people have to go right. to the unarmed response unit. <laughs> You've proven you can't be trusted. <laughs> I am hoping it's good. I try to have hope, yeah. but all these things you're saying may be true. They do all the mundane police work, like getting cats out of trees. They no longer try and blast them down. I think they, <laughs> I think they actually said that they wanted the cops with guns to be around for things that they would need guns for, like getting cats out of trees. And so it was still very bad. Yeah, but yeah. The, but there's some people they didn't want shot for sure. They said. <laughs> That's what they said. They said they didn't want to shoot everyone. Well, that's comfort. <laughs> that's that's good. I think that will rehabilitate the image of the police force. Oh, for sure. If they just decided not to shoot everyone. Yeah, yeah. Have they specified who it is they don't want to shoot? No, and... Because there's a lot of evidence to indicate a few possibilities there. Well, yeah, there had been a lot more shootings. That's what they, they said. We looked at our numbers... We shot a lot of people, or more than ever before. So uh, we got carried away. <laughs> I think they just want to balance it out, maybe. So it's like by the end of the year, it'll be a normal amount of people. Big shot. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm speculating. I should, I should bite my tongue. I was also speculating about another wrestler persona. Oh yeah, the Mr. Fahrenheit was a very good one. I felt so ashamed afterwards, and now I'm pre-ashamed of this one. Oh my god, it's so bad. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you anyway. Oh yeah. Make like X. What does that mean? And give it to me. <laughs> DMX. That's right. Uh rest his soul. So Don't make like Sever and withhold. <laughs> X gave it to you. Sever was like, uh-uh, you've had enough. That's what the conflict was about between X versus Sever. Yeah, I still ain't watched X versus Sever despite no. this being a fan cast. I've played X versus Sever on the Game Boy Advance. And it wasn't that great, was it? Or was it it's okay? It's shit, my friend. <laughs> it's very, very shit. I haven't checked my uh, new Anthony to see if it's on it, but it might be. There's 10,000 games. Oh, it's on it. You'd think, but they don't have Kirby's Pinball Land. I had to put that on myself. Huh. But they have other Nintendo games, other Nintendo published games. Oh, they've got loads. Really? But not yeah. Kirby's Pinball. Not Kirby's Pinball Land or Gator's Revenge, the, the 
I like pinball games. Oh, that game's great. Yeah, it's a lot of good ones back then. I don't like it when the titular gator eats my ball. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Mm. We should talk about pinball. I've got some ideas for you, Jonathan. But first, I want to hear about this wrestling persona. <sighs> it's Jerry Wadler. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and and he waddles when he walks and it's me waddling all the time in the ring to the ring leaving the ring and and never talks does one of my old favorite wrestlers was iron mike sharp i don't i've talked about him before mm. he uh always had a cast on his arm even if he wasn't hurt and he would claim like i can't wrestle i've got a, a cast on my arm i've had a cast on my arm it really hurt Ted Danson, Kelsey Grammer, the whole gang. <laughs> oh, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't expect them. What was a real twist about it is no one autographed my cast. This was a cast that autographed. And the thing, the thing is, the thing I'll tell you, Rhea Perlman bites. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. She was latched on like a fucking limpet. I always think she has diarrhea. It is so biased. <laughs> it is so unfair. But I just always picture her being like, oh, I gotta go, I, I go again, and just explosive diarrhea. There's a wrestling persona. <laughs> so, so this Waddler of yours, that's it? Well, well, yeah, and the Jerry Waddler, that's his name. And he just also happens to waddle, and the announcers talk about it a lot. So it's like, Jerry Waddler coming to the ring, Jerry Waddler. Jerry Waddler, he's a... He's he's really waddling. He really waddles, Jerry. Why is he waddling? Why is he why is he always waddling, Jerry Waddle? I don't know. Jerry Waddler, consummate professional, incredible athlete in the ring. Why is he waddling though? Why is he waddling though? He's waddling! Jerry Waddler! Just like two hours of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be walking I mean, the dog and I'll I'll that's the tape playing in my head. I've I've seen flimsier gimmicks. <laughs> is the thing. He's waddling up to the up. He can't get in the ring. He's waddling, folks. He can't, he can't get in. He's so waddly, Jerry Waddler. Why is he? Why is he waddling? The the other guy just always always inquisitive, but the answer never comes. God only knows. He's waddling a butthole in him. Because that's the only move that that's done as well. Just knock him to the ground and then waddle on them up and down. He loses so bad. He can't fight. He's, he's just, is he, is he waddling of, because of his mud hole? Maybe. Maybe he's clenching. We don't know. He's worried about his ability to hold his feces, his bowel movements. It's <laughs> unknown. Nobody knows. Uh, yeah, I, I, it, I'm trapped with these thoughts. I've said that a few times. I'll, it'll be a long dog walk. It'll be like an hour and a half. And I'll be like an hour and a half into a match in my mind of Jerry Wadler. Okay, hang on, hang on. All right. Why is your dog walk require 90 minutes? That's a lot. Oh, she loves it. She loves to be outside. I don't I don't know if either of you have met my little dog. You've heard her bark before. Oh, I've met your little dog. Yeah, you've met her. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. She gets so excited to eat grass and poop and smell things and rub her body into places she thinks worms might be. And 
I want her to have a joyous life, and she doesn't get that much outdoor time compared to other dogs. Other dogs, like, have a doghouse like Snoopy did, just live out there. But we don't do it that way. She's inside a lot of the time. So on weekends, I'll do, like, a nice 90-minute dog walk because I don't have to work. And then I'll just think it up. I'll be thinking about Jerry Waddler the whole time. And have you ever considered that perhaps it is cruel to have an animal in an environment where it can't be living its best life all the time? Absolutely. I didn't want a dog at all. This is why I recommend getting bulldogs, because they don't fucking care. Yeah. (laughs) They'll go outside. Yeah. But they'll immediately want to go back in and have a kip. I'm a cat person. They don't give a shit. Mm -mm. Yeah. Cats, bulldogs, so good. This dog was going to be... Brought to a potential kill shelter, so... Might that not have been better for the dog? What, to die? No. No, I don't think so. I think the dog Mm. has had a pretty good life. I think it's been like a B-minus life. He lives with Jonathan and is fed and walked on a leash by Jonathan. It's the life I want. But you're not a dog, Steph. (laughs) I mean, have you heard what some people shout at me in the street? (laughs) I'm going to, um... Try to send you a picture of what my dog was doing okay. today after a walk. This is right after we got back from a walk. Was it taking a shit? <laughs> no, no. It's uh, showing. I really said that like I was into the idea. Like I really <laughs> wanted to see that dog take a shit. They do look funny the way they poo though. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see you poo like that, Jonathan. I want to see you on your haunches. I want to see. I want to see you on all fours like that, back like arched and hunched. That little uh, bit of uh, shuffle of the feet as <clears> as <throat> you spread them out to just the right width to allow the feces to pass through your anus. Is that right? Yeah. Staring at me, your owner, like dead in the eyes, like, just seen this? Just seen this? Just <laughs> <laughs> see this? And then, of course, when you're done, kick some dirt over it. I don't know what's good about that. It it make you famous. Oh, well, absolutely. <laughs> that was once the conceit of this podcast. There's a potential security issue detected clicking on this picture of your dog. Oh, I it's safe, I think. It's safe. It better I be. I've, if if I've loaded up a virus from the internet, the Jokerman will be very disappointed. <laughs> I've told you to be aware of phishing scams. Never give out your password. And if I ask for your PIN number, you can give it to me and trust the Jokerman. He's incapable of being as bad as he should be. He's kind of a good guy, this Jokerman. Because this is kind of weird. Because I'm looking at this photo of your dog. Yep. Look in my head. Passionate. Right. Look in your head. Yeah. Look in your head. And the last photo I saw of you engaged with a member of your family, your child was farting in your face, I think. Yep. That's true. <laughs> or it's just telling me to smell his ass. He There's does. something backwards about this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it's it's forwards. It's forward thinking, and it's forward <laughs> thinking. It's the way my life is for sure. People yeah. are constantly licking me and and putting their their butts in my face and saying, "Can you smell it, Dad? Can you?" And I can't. Most of this the time. is just such a terrible tease for Steph. I mean, yeah, like I'm sitting here right now thinking, "Can you smell it, Dad?" is a hell of a show concept, and I want I want to be the the child. <laughs> I want to be the childlike empress, and I want to find. <laughs> I don't even want to finish the sentence. If I'm honest, <laughs> I don't know if I. I don't know if 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 folks who listen to the show know that my son did start farting 
and then getting on my lap while I'm eating dinner sometimes and just putting his ass in my face and saying, can you smell it, Dad? Very casually. Very curious and casual. I have a picture of it somewhere. It's on social yeah. media, I think. Conrad's seen it. but Oh, my God. I tell you what, though. Speaking of dinner, I'm struggling to eat lately. Oh. Should be a shock to the system, but every time I, I go to eat my dinner, I think about Sting. Mm. The musician, mm-hmm, not the professional mm-hmm. wrestler. Right. Or the Scorpions. I'm thinking of, of Sting of the police fame, not the unarmed response unit. Uh, I am thinking of Sting because... Oh, God, this is... He comes around sometimes, right? Usually when, like, Soft Cell, soft cell is staying at his place and he's like, they make a noise. So I'm going to come over and I'm going to stop at yours. He doesn't even turn up announced. He turns up with a blanket and he's like, I'm spending the night at yours. And I'm too... I, I have trouble saying no to people. I once pushed my landlord's car while I had uh, some of the worst flu I've ever had. Because back then I was even more incapable of, of just refusing things. But, you know, I always think to myself, well, Sting's a friend. <laughs> And I, I always forget that he's not a good friend. He is a friend. But he does this thing where, like, I'm going to eat my shrimp. You know, I go down to eat my shrimp, um, put them in rolls, put some Thousand Island in. That'll do me for a day. I sit down, and then he's just looking at me. And have you ever been looked at while you're trying to eat? Like, stared at? It is uncomfortable. He fucking looks, and sometimes he'll just go... Like that. <laughs> like, just licks his lips. And I'm like, I'll put it up to my mouth. And as I raise the shrimp, his eyes widen and he just starts going, <sighs> like that. Wow. If I dare bite into it, he waits a moment and just goes, oh, I bet you're enjoying that. <laughs> and of course I'm not at this point. How can you? You're being stared at and your your eating is being responded to and commented on. Oh, that's right. Chew that shrimp. <laughs> Don't forget the bread and the Thousand Island dressing. Oh, you're reaching for that glass of water, are you? That's sure to quench your thirst. I'm like, you fucking creep sting. <laughs> he's in his 70s now, I think. I know he's old enough to know better. Yeah, you'd think. You'd think, but... He's not. We're only a few. I uh, before I knew that you knew Sting. I thought about how I was only a few steps of separation away from Sting because he's the voice actor in a game called "Where the Water Tastes Like Wine." I think it's that's a good little game. Yeah, yeah. And I, I talked to the, the developer of that game years ago, uh, who left the studio that made Ho- Gone Home. He worked on Gone Home. And then left because it just wasn't a good fit. And we've recently learned there might be more reasons for that. And he actually named his studio the opposite of Fulbright. He called it Dim Bulb <laughs> on purpose to kind of show that he's not going to do what they did, but he's still connected to what they did. And uh, yeah, very nice guy. Y- Yonaman, I think is how you say his name. Very, very nice fellow. I sent you, I was stalling for time too. I sent another picture of. My son asking me if I can smell it. Oh, good. It might be. And then I have to go. My my next work meeting started two minutes ago. Oh, no. I know. I've got a... Uh, can I squeeze in a Willem Dafoe movie pitch? Yeah. Yeah? I believe you can do it. Yes, I want to hear it. Right. Very quickly. I've got a Willem Dafoe movie idea. It's called Munchin on Urchins. <laughs> I'm very proud of it. 
it was very late at night when I came up with this. The movie opens, it like fades in from black, like just comes up real classy. And Willem Dafoe's there. He's sat at a table in a restaurant and it's got, you know, flowers on it. It's got a vase of flowers in the middle. It's got a candle. It's got complimentary bread. Great. Don't you worry about that little oh. tiny, little French bread. Very classy. And, oh, absolutely. Um, a server comes in, like pours some wine. Willem Dafoe looks up and says, thanks. Takes a, a little sniff. Ah, good year. And a fine luncheon. Hi, folks. <laughs> he looks at the camera. Hey there, folks. It's me, acclaimed actor Willem Dafoe. Here to teach you a thing or two about a thing or two. Ah, but first, here comes dinner. And the server comes back and on the plate is just this sort of pile of brown and purple ball-like things. And what's interesting about them is they're covered in little spines. And he, he looks at the camera again, licks his lips. Ah, the oichins have arrived. Time for me to munch on them. But first, did you know the term oichin is derived from heretian in Old French and erisius in Latin, which means hedgehog? <laughs> this is a... This, so, pandemic's on. People are only going to the movies if it's an absolute must-see. If it's a life-changing experience, <laughs> this is a film. This is a, this, is a, this is a studio picture that you had to pay $10 and risk a Delta variant infection in order to see. Yeah, but I'm learning so much about urchins. <laughs> You're just talking to the... Right, you've already learned. Like, you know, I used to think, oh, is it because they're little and cute? They're like street urchins of the sea. And it's like, no, no, it's hedgehog because of the spines. You may be thinking, like, little street urchin, like, cute and... Can I wash your chimney, governor? Oh, no, there's no chimneys being washed, governor. There are only sea hedgehogs, which used to be their original name. And did you know there are more than 200 known species of sea urchins? And I, acclaimed actor Willem Dafoe, is going to eat one of each species. <laughs> <laughs> grabs one stuffs it in his mouth oh, oh sweet sea beef oh, 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 ow 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 and the spines make it difficult Jonathan I'm not gonna lie <laughs> he is like eating them as if they're the most delicious thing in the world but he also can't hide his pain his eyes are watering um, every now and then he will stop just oh, oh god uh, did you know? <laughs> sea urchins inhabit warm ocean waters. They usually found near coral reefs or kelp beds on the road. Oh, you bring in more. <laughs> How nice. <laughs> Let's grab one of those sea tomatoes. Oh. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. Sea urchins. They don't have no faces. <laughs> But they got an identifiable mouth and anus. Oh. And they exhibit radial symmetry. It's five sections in equal size, except when they're younger, it's only two. Uh, oh. Another 198 to go. <laughs> Bring them on. Oh, God. What other facts are written here? 
They have long and pointy spines all over their body. Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> he's really hoping there'll be one that doesn't have. I'm really hoping sp- one of these is tasty. <laughs> Nature's <laughs> hardest. It <laughs> doesn't have, or doesn't. Some of the spines are soft. That's not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the poisonous ones. Oh, no. <laughs> Here's a soft one right now. Opens his mouth. I mean, his mouth is bleeding. Yeah. They're just bleeding. All right, in goes a poisonous one. Oh. Did you know? The spines are typically one to two millimeters thick. One to three centimeters long. Oh. Oh, that was a hard one to go down. Oh, God. A sea urchin's mouth is dubbed Aristotle's lantern. It's in the underside. The asshole's at the top. And it's the most delectable part of sea urchin. Because it's negative space. Which means you're not really eating it. Oh, God. Oh! You can really taste the water vascular system. Wow. And it's, it's that. For as long as it takes. To get all 200. I mean, does he... My question after the poison was, how will the poison affect him? Will he still be able to speak? Will he still be able to taste? Will he be able to live? Or will he die before he gets the other 197 down his his gullet? Oh, I've eaten. I've eaten about 25 poisonous urchins so far. (laughs) Now we're going to have a little interval, kids, while I hurriedly Google the symptoms and the cures. Sea urchin poison effects. Kids. It's a kids. It's a rated G kids well, movie. It's, a, it's educational. <laughs> Swelling in and around the area where you were sprung. My tongue's gone fat, kids. Redness around the spine's entrance points. Sensitivity or pain. Infection if this thing is not treated. And you get blue coloring. How does it look, kids? And it is fucking blue. It's bluer than the CGI aliens in the Eiffel 65 video. In fact, he's starting to resemble one. And Muscle Aches, of course, a classic. Oh, so uncomfortable. Such a terrible experience. Yeah, I mean, he, it's not a hundred in. It is not a hundred in until he resembles a, a Smurf with rigor mortis. Oh, down the hatch. The worst part, kids, is you can't just swallow them. You gotta break those spines down. Grindy, grindy. Oh. Nature's harvest. <laughs> Sweet sea tomatoes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it. it's... I won't say it's Lord of the Rings length, just because that would turn people off at the movie theatre, but it is. 
So you don't tell them it is. Yeah. You get them in the seats first for munching mm-hmm. on their They lock the doors. <laughs> yeah, my hope is once they realize this is going to take a while, the poisons will have set in deep enough to where they're like, I need to see where this goes without treatment. <laughs> Because there's a doctor there, but every time he looks over, the doctor's played by Brendan Fraser. He looks over at the doctor and he says, <laughs> he looks pleadingly at the doctor. And Brendan Fraser just like folds his arms and just no. shakes his head. <laughs> Not yet. If you don't eat your meat, you can't have any cures. <laughs> so, so, so the stipulation, the way to earn. The cure is to eat more poison. Yeah. <laughs> the sickness is urchins. The cure, more urchins. It's like a Godfrey Ho film, but with urchins instead of ninjas. <laughs> it's just filled with them. And, and urchins versus urchins. and Just loads. And he's munching on urchins, and that's, that's how you get people into the theater. The poster, I'm assuming, would have him... Sitting at a table and looking at you like this is going to be good, and just so many urchins behind him. There's so like, many. Uh, There's so many, and they're like you know all the types. You got brown ones. You got purple ones. Pink, green. I'm imagining the singer Pink being in it too somehow. Oh yeah, yeah. She sings. <laughs> they have a, an interlude where she sings just like a pill. And he's and Willem Dafoe's in the background, just like fucking wish it was. <laughs> yeah, it's even worse than a pill. What he's doing because yeah. he it does feel like he's going to throw up. I'm sure after just the the sheer amount of food he's eating, let alone yeah how poisonous and spiny it is. After he's on urchin seventy five or something. I've, oh god, he's fucked by seventy five. <laughs> Did you know a sea urchin shell is called a test? And if it wasn't before, it fucking is now, kids. His stomach is expanded and stretched and, oh, poor Willem. He seems like a wonderful person, by the way. I mean. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's willing to eat 200 species of sea urchins <laughs> for our amusement and the education of kids. And if you want to know more sea urchin facts, go to kidsconnect.com. Spelt with K's. Uh, of course. Like connect is spilt with a K, yes. which I don't think is very good as an educational resource. No, no, but Mortal no. Kombat started that and they, they couldn't stop it. They wouldn't yeah. be the ones to well, the say kids, no. Well, the kids love Mortal Kombat. Kind of do. Yeah. I, I keep getting pinged. So every, hopefully it's not picking up on the mic because I'm wearing layers of sound protection. But every time I have to do something at work, a ping happens. Bang. And for the past, uh, during your whole Defoe pitch, ah, here I go again. Bing! Oh, it's in my bing! Uh, bing! And I've just been like feeling, relating so much with Defoe, how there's something terrible happening to him yeah. and he's trying not to focus on it. Well, I mean, you can now go back to work with like all manner of sea urchin facts. You can tell them that like, when they're larvae, the sea urchins, they swim with other smaller sea creatures, and that's called a zooplankton. And they can live up to 200 years. That's the longest any animal lives. That's incredible. Yeah. I would have thought it was lobsters, because everyone talks about how they're like, you know, quote unquote immortal. But no, it's the yeah. sea urchin. The red sea urchin in particular. Don't get that bit wrong, otherwise they might call you up on it at work. 
They would be so annoyed with me. They hate it when I talk about things and uh, particularly things that don't pertain to their interests or their work. So any talking from me is often a problem like, oh, here he goes again. And and if I were to talk about red sea urchins and their lifespan, that would be a real, yeah. real black mark. And tell him how bad it is when Willem Dafoe gets around to the flower urchin, an incredibly venomous one. Causes red blood cells to clump. Oh my god. It's got two venoms in it. It's got contracting A, which has the the clumps and the spasms, and then peditoxin. That's where you get your convulsions, your anaphylactic shock, and your death. So that's the last one he eats. (laughs) That's when Brendan Fraser rushes in with a fucking syringe. Anyway. Anyway. Do you you feel more famous after this podcast? Uh, yeah, I I think this is the one, folks. I think after this, <laughs> I'm going to suddenly rocket to Tom Cruise, Megan D. Stallion levels of fame. I think it's happening. Good. <laughs> Not excited. Thank Good. you for coming on, Jonathan. I know, oh, my pleasure. I know you're a busy, busy man, what with your work and being farted on and near. <laughs> Did you see the picture? Uh, I did not. I did say that. Uh, oh, wow. He really is just going at it, huh? It's not, oh, it's kind of close to your face. No, it's it's resting on my face, his ass. While I'm at dinner. That's the dinner That's the dinner table set up. So um, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that this was at dinner adds a whole new context to the photo that wasn't present before. That's where he farts the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, he he farts because of what he eats at dinner, and then immediately uh-huh, wants me uh-huh. to, wants me to know. Yeah, broccoli, cauliflower, all the farty, all the farty vegetables. Who farts? <laughs> Jonathan, thank you. Thank and you. Conrad, thank mm, you. As always. And Stephanie, thank you. And listeners, the fuck are you doing with your lives? Mean <laughs> by Boston's favorite son. Merchandise at thegymporium.com. I will. I didn't know about it. I'll buy some. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't telling. We can give you some. Oh, I'll buy it. We'll give you some. I'll give you a little bit of money for it as well. Oh, well, I'll just. Since we're selling a podcast you're literally on, (laughs) I'll buy it and then. uh... I'll refund it. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a nice nice relationship, as it always has been. Okay, folks. Time to go. I don't want to. It's so fun when we get together. As soon as we're done, the demons come back. <laughs> For me too. Bing is going on right now. <laughs> All right. Like uh, about the file, Jonathan. Bing. Did you, did you complete the file? Bing. So I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye, folks. Bye. 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 Boston's Favorite Son was performed by Jim Sterling, Conrad Zimmerman, and Jonathan Off-Road Rules. Editing and production by Justin McDaniel. The intro music is Freak Out by Chainmail. Road Rules Northern Trail was an insipid show that shouldn't have happened. I bet you're enjoying that.